just close our eyes right now. And uh, Father, we just thank you right now for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We just lift our arms right now, lift our hands to you, lift in holy hands. Father, we receive from you today. We receive everything you have for us. We're not going to be held back. Lord, we're going to receive everything. Lord, today, no matter where we've been or, or what we've faced or you know, what kind of father we had, good, bad, medium, Lord, it doesn't matter. We have a father in you that supersedes all of that. And today, Lord, we celebrate you as our Abba Father. We celebrate you as a daddy. Lord, we celebrate you. We thank you for being you. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we receive from you this morning. Lord, we receive from our Father this morning. We praise you, we worship you, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, uh, this morning I'm doing the offering, and if you'll hand me that Bible and offering envelope. Um, if you don't have an envelope, just raise your hand and the ushers will get one. Uh, this is important. You might not think it is, but it is important. Even if you didn't come prepared to give, uh, make sure that you have an offering envelope. The Lord told us years ago, actually, um, one time we were having trouble uh, in our finances as a church. And uh, this was early on, like year two. Uh, not, not that we weren't paying bills, but it was like always tight. Right? It was just something, something was off kilter. I said, Lord, what, what is it that's off kilter? And you'd be surprised at what he told me. He, he said this. He said, is every adult getting an offering envelope? And I went, because when we started the church, that's one of the directives that he gave us, was everybody get an offering envelope. Every adult get an envelope. Like not just one for a family, every adult get an offering envelope. And I said, well, I thought it was. I had given that directive, but apparently you're asking me for a reason. So I went and I asked, and I said, it, is everybody getting an offering envelope? And they were like, well, not all the time. I said, the Lord says, make sure everybody gets an offering envelope. And I was like, that's such an odd thing. Uh, but as soon as we did that, guess what happened to the offerings? You know, and the finances went right back up, and the people started being blessed. I was like, Lord, what did that have to do with anything? And here's what he said. He said, here's the issue, is it doesn't matter if they came prepared to give or not. When you give them that, that offering envelope, it's theirs, right? So we are literally, each person, each adult, we are giving you an offering envelope. It's yours. You can draw little doodles on it. You can ball it up and throw it in the trash can. You can see if you can make paper ships out of it, you know, and, and go down the creek when it rains. I don't care. It's yours. But here's one thing. You can also take this and say, you know what? I may or may not have come prepared to give today, but when they take up an offering, Lord, this, this offering envelope costs something, and I can return it back to you, and that's one they won't have to print. So what we did, what the Lord had us do, and I didn't even know he had us do that, was he gave seed to every person that would become a sower. Well, that, that thing's only worth, you know, 20, 25 cents each one or, you know, 13 cents at one, one point. They go up and down depending on the cost. Yeah, that's more than the widow with the two mites gave. 
And so that offering envelope, now it's yours. You can say, Lord, I don't want them to have to pay for another one and put that in there. And that's not where your, your offering should stay at, but you can start it. You can kickstart it with that. And so it was amazing how our finances literally went up because just every, every person had an offering envelope. So if you don't have one, raise your hand. They'll get one to you. But it was amazing to me because the Word says in 2 Corinthians 9, He gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower, right? This is actually a seed. It's one we don't have to pay for again. So if you just say, hey, Lord, I didn't come today, but I'm putting it in there, you can jumpstart your finances and believe God to start giving you more seed and, and your harvest will be there. Concerning that, I want you to see something. Let's go. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Now, if you don't know it, every day of the week, we have a, week, a daily broadcast called Lunch Plus. And you can watch it on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, what we, we have about 30 minutes of fun and uh, just good, clean fun uh, for the family. Uh, people love it, whether they're an adult or a kid, and it's just fun. The, the guys on the broadcast team, they do an awesome job. I, I like just watching because I end up laughing the first 30 minutes. And then we move into the Word. And when we move into the Word, we have about an hour, and the Lord just pours out, and He's constantly pouring out revelation. So one of the revelations that came out this week on the, on the broadcast uh, was this. And let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. And it says this. Now, before we read that, go down uh, to verse... I want you to see a couple of verses that you know well. Go, go back to verse 13. Verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things. How many things? All. all. I can do all. all. One more time. I can do all. all. I'm not held back in anything. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Not by my own strength, but by his. Let's go to verse 19. Everybody likes this verse too. Verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs. How many? All. all. Let's say it again. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And the first verse is according to his strength. And this verse is according to his riches. So if we'll line up with Jesus, we can access and tap into his strength, his riches. And now all of a sudden we're walking in life at a different level. We're walking at a different level. His strength. His riches. See, many times the problems that we've had in our life is because we've been actually uh, operating by our strength and our riches, and then we fumble, and, and it just doesn't turn out, and we struggle, and we toil, and we do all this stuff, and we're like, Lord, what's the matter? And, and he's kind of like this. If you do it in my strength and my riches, be much easier. And you know, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Utilize my system. Now, how many people like those two verses? Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19. I can do all things through Christ's strength in me. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I like those verses. But do you know what this whole chapter is about? The whole context of this chapter is about this. An offering. 
The whole chapter is about an offering. Now go to verse 15. So a lot of people want the strength and the riches, but they don't do things God's way. They don't want to do it His way. And you'll realize, like verse 19, specifically about accessing His riches, they get to that point. He's talking to the church at Philippi, right? The church at Philippi has access to His riches based off of verse 15. Let's look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, You yourselves know, also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. Now I want you to think about that. <laughs> think about when we get up to heaven, or when the, when the people surrounding Paul got up to heaven. And they get up to heaven, they find out who the Apostle Paul is. Then they realize, this guy wrote over half of the New Testament. And he came to your church, and he ministered to you, and you didn't send him away with anything. Did you hear what it said? No, not just people, no churches. No pastor had the wherewithal to recognize and honor the gift that was in Paul's life. None of them. At this point, except for the Philippian church. You know, and the Philippian church sitting up in heaven like, whoo, <laughs> whoo, thank you, Lord, for let me, let me be that church, right? But all the other churches, all the other believers, what are they like? Oh, oh man, did I, whoo, sorry, Paul, <laughs> sorry. We don't want to be like, sorry, Jesus, when we get up there. God's moving through people. We want to be, hey, that, we want to be like that Philippian church. That says, oh, we saw the gift of God that you poured out in men, in churches, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. When you ascended on high, you gave gifts to men. You gave ministries. Now, if you back up a couple of chapters, you'll see also to the Philippian church, he says, when you partnered with me, the grace or the supernatural power and the supernatural favor that was on my life and ministry, Philippian church, came on you because you partnered with me. How many people would like a grace that's on the whole ministry? Because it's one thing to have grace over your family. It's another thing to have grace that sits over a whole ministry, right? Especially a ministry like with, with Paul that has an international covering an international grace, grace to break into countries and nations, things like He said, when you partnered with me, you received my grace. That's big. How do we access that grace? By partnering with them, by sowing seeds in that way. How did the Philippian church access the full supply of God's riches? By an offering. And here's what I want you to see. If you were here last week, uh, last Sunday night, we had the Holy Spirit service. And I'm telling you what, uh, to me, one of the greatest services we've ever had last Sunday night. I mean, the Holy Spirit poured out, and we were talking about receiving. And uh, I mean, the, the anointing of God fell. Uh, Serena, uh, not, not poor Serena, but blessed Serena, she was still drunk in the Holy Ghost for hours. We went to go get something. To, is that right? <laughs> Where is she? Oh, hey, yeah, her. 
We were sitting, we went to go get something to eat, and uh, I, I remember seeing this by the wrong kind of spirits before, but she was sitting at the table like, I said, you still drunk in the spirit? And she was like, I am, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was awesome. Had you ever felt that before? Never felt that before. No, you, you said, I just, I hadn't felt it like that. And then it, it resided on you for a while. Now, it's interesting, that anointing was so strong, it wasn't just on her, it was on multiple people. Now, can I give that anointing myself? No, no, that's got to come from God. I don't have just control of it to do those things myself. The Lord has to do that. The anointing is Jesus's. There's one anointing, and that's Jesus's. It's interesting, you know what I preached on? What, would, what kind of message would draw that anointing in. You know what I preached on? Receiving. That you and I need to receive. Apparently that's a message that God wants his people to get and he backed up the word with signs following. He wants us to receive. I want you to see in this verse, if they'll put that verse back up there, Philippians 4 and verse 15 and I want you to see this. And so we, I'm telling you, the anointing was on that message, receiving. And then the Lord directed us to talk about receiving on the broadcast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And if you didn't get to watch that broadcast on receiving, you will see that receiving from the Lord and being a good receiver has everything to do with your spiritual walk. It's not just about flowing in finances. What I, what I said last week is, when I learned... See, finances are a good teacher. That's why Jesus used them to teach. And that's why in Luke 16 he says, the finances is a little thing. And if you don't understand how to operate in this little thing, this unrighteous wealth, how can I give you the true riches of the kingdom, the glory the anointing? How can I get you to operate in miracles? How can I get you to operate in supernatural health? If you don't understand this little thing, how are you going to operate in these big things, these true riches? So Jesus and, and Paul, and they use finances to teach us something. Well, it's the same thing. I said this last week. When I learned how to receive in finances and became a lot better receiver, because Nicole and I were good givers, but we weren't good receivers. I'd try to talk people out of giving us stuff. I, they, they'd say, and one time they'd try to give me something, and I'd be like, no, I, we don't need that. And it's, it's actually was not humility, it's false humility, because I realized that I need to be a good receiver. And it's interesting, I just talked about those envelopes. He says, he gives seed to the sower. In order to plant seed, you have to receive the seed. We have to be good receivers. When, I, when we learn to be a good receiver, instantly the anointing started flowing heavier in our ministry than ever before. Not just finances, the anointing, the release that I... Because here's the thing in 2 Corinthians 9, it says this, that out of an abundance you will have every good work. So see... in. If we're not good receivers, then we can't have a good flow to overflow. 
And God doesn't want to just fill you up or fill you to the brim. He wants to pour into your life so well that you overflow. Not just finances, but the anointing, the healing power of God, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, His glory. He wants to overflow into every body's lives and overflow into you, your home, your, your lifestyle. He wants to overflow at your work, your co-workers. He wants to overflow into your friends and extended family, into your church family. He wants to overflow constantly. That's his desire. If, as I'm looking at you, I can just imagine the Lord like pouring out a Holy Ghost tube straight from heaven into each one of you and just and overflowing. But see, if we are not good receivers, it's like we reach up above our head, turn the valve on, say, Lord, I don't want that. Now watch this. Look at this verse again. Philippians 4.15. I want you to see this. And this is what we saw this week on the broadcast. He says, No church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. He, he brought them together into one thing. Giving and receiving. Watch this. No church shared with me in the matters. The matters, plural. No. The matter of giving and receiving. It's one thing. So you can't have good godly giving without receiving. And you can't have good godly receiving without giving. They go hand in hand. It's one matter to the Holy Ghost. It's one matter to the Holy Spirit. We've got to be good givers and good receivers. How many people would like to be a, a good receiver? How many people want a good harvest in your life? Not just the finances, but everything. All of God's good. You know why? If God wanted us not to have it, all he had to do was leave it out of there. But he wrote it in that book for a reason. When he wrote it, there was purpose behind it. When he wrote it, there was destiny behind those promises. If he didn't want us to walk in it, all he had to do was just leave out the promises. But when he wrote the promises in there, that was him saying, it's my will to overflow your cup. It's my will in Deuteronomy 28 to make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, to make you the lender and not the borrower. He wrote that so that we would grab a hold of it, recognize his heart, and have that manifestation of the Father's good love in a, how many people would like an overflowing harvest. That means we have to be good receivers, but you can't be a good receiver if you're not a good planter and sower and giver. How many people would like to be a good giver? Man, I, I hear it all the time all over the world. I hear it, people say, I just want to give. I want to give 90 and live on the tithe. I want to have so much that I can just live on the tithe of my income and give the other 90. Let me flip it and just be a good giver. I hear it all the time. Hear it all the time. That's a good giver. How many people would like to be a good giver into the kingdom of God? You can't be a good giver without being a good receiver. God wants to give you an abundance. We got to get to the place where we stop fighting what God's trying to give. One day, I was, somebody was trying to give me something. I was in that false humility. And I was like, oh, no, no, you don't have to do that and everything. And I walked away from that. And you ever do something and you just feel that little check go, cut across your spirit like something wasn't right with that. Something wasn't right. 
I walked away, and uh, I said, Lord, what, what was that? Like that, what was that? It's good to have a fellowship with the Lord where you can talk to Him, hear from Him. We're all, we're all designed to do that. And, and all of a sudden I said, Lord, what was that? What was that? He said, the issue is, he said, the issue is, he said, how, aren't you believing me for overflow in a lot of different areas? I said, absolutely. He said, how are you ever going to walk in it if when I try to give something to you, you, you reject it? And I realized right then, I got to change my receiving. I got to change my receiving. You know what the beautiful thing about God is? Here's the thing about finances. I love this. And I love this about giving. It's not the amount that you give. It's the heart that you give in. Jesus said, that lady who gave the two mites, basically two pennies, gave more than anybody else. Gave more than the millionaires. Gave more than the hundred thousandaires. Gave more than the ten thousandaires. Gave more than the thousandaires. Gave more than a hundred heirs. Gave more than the ten dollar heirs. Gave more than the one dollar heirs. Gave more than the 50 cent heirs. That lady gave more. Why? Because she, she said, Lord, I give you me. I give you me. Here, here's who I am. Here's what I am. The question is, when we come up here in the matter of giving, and understand, when you give, it's one matter. As I give, I'm also believing to receive. And as I believe to receive, I'm also giving. When we come up here and we put our tithes and our offerings in, we're not just saying, all right, now it's gone. No, I'm saying, Lord, thank you. I just planted seed into your kingdom. And you're going to return a harvest of your grace, of your favor in my life. And you're going to give me an abundance for every good work. And so you thank him. Even as you, as you drop that in, Lord, thank you for manifesting my receiving off of this seed. And thank you, Lord, for giving me the seed to begin with. Lord, and here's the thing. Lord, I give you me. So many times, here's the issue. When we come up to give, this is what we're doing. Oh, this $100, this $1,000, this $10,000, this, this $100,000, whatever it is. Ah, oh, oh, I just gave away that money. Ah, God's not asking for the money. He's asking for you. When we give, do we give it with the right heart, cheerful and abounding? Lord, this is me. This represents me. This is who I am. You're going to bless it. Lord, I, I'm laying myself on the altar. I recognize that I have this seed because of, Father, your goodness. Your goodness. You've done great things to me. And I want to honor you. I want to worship you. And this morning, I'm not just giving you money. I'm giving you me. And the beautiful thing about finances is no matter what, what level you're on, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, one matter, anybody on any financial level can start to go up. God's provided a system that makes us all equal in his eyes, no matter what side of the tracks we grew up on. And when we will give him ourselves and give him our heart in our, in our sowing and our giving, all, the, all of a sudden the Lord says, oh, I can multiply that. I can multiply that and turn it 
and turned it into something great. Think about this. Think about this. Come here, buddy. Stand right here. Let's stand right there. Let's say that Buddy is God, right? Let's just for this example, let's say he's the Lord. How big is he? <laughs> if he's the Lord, how big is he? Huge. Now see, this is a great example because Buddy's not the tallest guy, right? Sometimes our idea of God is smaller than who he actually is. It's smaller. And we need to understand who he actually is. He's El Shaddai. More than enough. Omnipotent. It's his supply, not our supply. His supply is everything. Where does his supply end? So we've got to look past what the world has told us about God and start looking at him. Watch this now. Whatever you sow, you also reap. Every seed produces after its kind. Do you know that you're made in the image and likeness of God? Did you know that? So when I go up here, and I, and watch this. Let, let's say I only got two pennies in my pocket. Let's say I didn't even come prepared. Today I got an envelope to give back. Right? But I give the Lord me. Lord, I give you me today. I'm going to be a sower and a giver for the rest of my life. I see you. I honor you. I worship you. I'm giving you me. Watch. I'm sowing, whatever the amount is in the envelope, I'm sowing me. <laughs> what do you have a right to receive? Him. Not just how you see him, but how he is. And God says, oh, you'll give me you? I'll give you a harvest of me. And I'll take what might seem little. See, somebody puts in $1,000, thank you. Somebody puts in $1,000, $10,000, somebody's going, oh my goodness, that's just such a big seed. You're going to have such a big harvest. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, God, God respects faith. He's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And if somebody's saying, Lord, I'm trusting you for this amount, you know, if you sow much, you will reap much. That is true. But the issue is not as much on the finances. The issue is how much of you are you sowing in that offering? How much of you? How much of your heart? And so now watch this. Let's say that Chris sowed $10,000. Ooh, big offering to most people. Not to everybody, but to most people. Some millionaires, you know, billionaires, they could sow 10 million and they wouldn't even miss it. So to a billionaire, that might not be that much. But to Chris, let's say maybe that's a lot. And here's the issue. Most people would think $10,000 in offering, that, you know, wow, you know, oh, he's going to have big harvest. Now, let's say that he needed $100,000. The Lord says, all right, you give me, and I'm going to multiply it by you. All of a sudden, he receives a $100,000 harvest. Now, watch this. Let's say that the person who just came here for the first day, Lord, I don't have $10,000, but I got me. I give you my two pennies. I give you my two pennies. Did you know you can still multiply two pennies times a number to get a $100,000 harvest? 
And that number is found in an all-powerful God. So when God comes up here and says, oh, you're going to give me you? Let me give you me. L multiply that times me, times unlimited, times hard. See, the issue is not as much the amount as it is, Lord, what have you told me to do? And Lord, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Can you see, this is a worship. It's a worship to the Lord. That's the thing about giving and receiving, tithes and offerings, sowing and reaping. That's the thing about it. Lord, this is worship. Let's just stand on our feet right now. Father, we, we decide right now. We are going to worship you. You can just lift that up. Lord, we are going to worship you in our giving and our receiving. Concerning the matter, one matter, they go together. Just, you know, I don't know what you came prepared to give to today, but right now you can change it. Lord, I'm giving you me. Father, today, Lord, I worship you. I praise you, Lord. I give you all of the glory and the honor. Lord, I praise you and worship you. Lord, when I plant this seed concerning giving and receiving, Lord, they go together. I'm in faith that I will receive, but I'm also, Lord, in full out love and faith to give you me. Lord, you have my heart. I'm not giving this and going to be sad about it. No, I'm going to be cheerful over it, Lord. Lord, you have my heart today as I sow into the kingdom. Lord, I want to see you Lord, I want to see your heart fulfilled. I want to see souls won to the kingdom. I want to see disciples made. I want to see people healed and delivered. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm ready to see it. I believe in you and I'm sowing into your kingdom to make those things happen, Lord. To do the outreaches, to reach the people. Lord, I want to see your heart's desire fulfilled. Lord, I'm seeking you and your kingdom and your righteousness first. And I also know that that grace will come on me in receiving, and I'll receive all these things added to me in Jesus' name. And as you feel proper in your heart, you may come and sow your seed. Lord, I just pray, let every seed, no matter the size of it, Lord, let it be multiplied by their heart to give. Lord, let it overflow. Lord, you're changing lives. This is truly a year of increase. Lord, you spoke it in your word. It's a year of increase today. Lord, we receive that. We will not be held back. Lord, we thank you for pouring out and sowing your seed into our lives. And we sow it into you. Lord, thank you. Today is our receiving day. And Lord, we will get to be great receivers. We receive it right now. We praise you for it. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you receive that, shout amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your graciousness. Lord, multiply those seeds on. Press down, shaking together, running over in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to see this real quick. Uh, turn, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
and I believe it's verse 10. I want you to see God's plan on this before we jump into the rest of the service. Go ahead and put it up whenever you have it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. Was that okay? I want you to see this. So, see, now he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, and will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, this is important. Be ready to put up verse 8 next. One of the things that you'll see is that everybody that's born again is made righteous. If you go back a few chapters to chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21, you'll see that everybody that's born again is made the righteousness of Christ. Okay, We've been made righteous. You go into Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. When you confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God brought him back from the dead, he says you received righteousness. You, you were made right with God. But I want you to notice in this, go back to uh, the 2 Corinthians 9, 10. I want you to see that it says everyone that has a righteousness does not have the same harvest. Everyone that has righteousness does not have the same harvest. He said, he'll give us seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, this whole chapter is literally talking about money. It's talking about finances. But it's a principle and it's a way that the kingdom of God works. And you could apply this uh, even to fasting. Let's say that I wanted to sow my eating for a period of time. If I sow my eating, then God will give me a supernatural seed of his grace to have a supernatural strength to sow that so that I can fast. And in that fast, in Isaiah 58, we can see a lot that the, that the, uh, the Lord will give to us through fasting, many promises, great promises. But here's the issue. I've got a purpose in my heart to be a sower of those things. And when I purpose in my heart to be a sower of those things, he teaches us these things in money, but we can see how it would apply to fasting. Lord, I want to fast. I want to honor you and I want to sow my eating into you. Now you'll give me a supernatural grace to be able to do it. And as you give me a supernatural grace... Even though I was righteous before, my harvest of my righteousness will increase. Okay? And so this is a principle. What I want you to see is this, is just because you're born again, just because you're made righteous, doesn't mean you have the same harvest. The devil wants to keep that away from people because he doesn't want, he wants people going through life, oh, it's all in God's hands, I never have to do anything. That's not what that verse shows. That is not what that verse shows. You know, God is sovereign. That is true. God can do whatever he wants. But here's the issue. He, he is bound to his word. 
And in his sovereignty, he's already put certain principles in place that can't be broken. For example, Psalms 115 and verse 16, he says this. He said, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. Or the, he's given to mankind. In other words, he does, he's got the whole earth in his hands. That's the song we used to sing. But we thought that everything that happened in the earth, he wanted to happen. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Everything, if that was true, everybody in the earth would go to heaven. But the word tells us that they won't. He says he wishes, he desires that all men would come to the saving knowledge of God. Why is it, why is it that God's will doesn't happen perfectly in the earth? Because mankind has not utilized the authority that God has given to them. So many people, so the devil wants people to think, well, I'll just go through life and whatever happens, happens. And God's like, no, you have a responsibility. You have an authority. You have an authority. Learn what I've given to you, to whom much is given, much is required. Learn what I've given to you. Apply what I've given to you. Plant the seeds. Become a giver. Become a receiver. And walk like Jesus walked. So many times the devil's trying to get us to sit back and wait on God, and God's sitting back waiting on us. Jesus has already done it all. What did he say on the cross? It is finished. His work is done. Now it's time for us to take his work, apply it in our lives, and be who he's called us to be. Amen? So we can't sit back and be lazy with it. What did he say? He said, occupy till I come right? Occupy. In other words, take authority. That doesn't mean just go out there and do whatever you think. It means that in Romans 8, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. In other words, Jesus never did anything but what he saw the Father do. Jesus never said anything but what he heard the Father say. If that's the way he operated, that's the way we should operate. But the issue is, are we listening for his command? So now going back to verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says this. Go ahead. He says, and God, I love this verse. There's so many absolutes of the goodness of God in this verse. And God is able to make all grace abound to who? To you. And always having all sufficiency in everything. Like, it's like, how many times can he put an absolute in one verse? One verse, he wants to get goodness to you. Always, all the time, in everything, all sufficiency. And this is not man saying this. It'd be one thing for me to say it with my knowledge. This is in God's wisdom, seeing every area of your life. This is God saying, I want to give you all things for every, every purpose and all sufficiency. That's, that's got things we don't even know we need. God saying, now watch this, that you may have an abundance, say it with me, an abundance for every good deed. The King James says for every good work. An abundance. Now, if God didn't want you to have that, why in the world did he put that verse in there? Why in the world did he put that verse in there? Now, watch. I want you to see his plan. He wants you to have an abundance. Why? 
for every good deed, for every good work. God's got good plans and good work. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to do well and to prosper, to give you a future and a hope. But he says in that same verse, not for calamity. God has no plans for your calamity, but he has a good plan laid out, a great destiny to give you a future and a hope. That word hope in the Bible uh, doesn't mean luck. It means joy, confidence, expectation. In other words, his plans should spark joy in us. Joy in us. Confidence and expectation. Oh, what are we going to do? Right? So he won't, he's got good plans for every one of us to do every good work. Now watch, how does the good work come? Put the verse back up. How does that good work come? What's God's plan to empower you to do the good work? To get you an abundance. An abundance. All the devil tries to hide it. He tries to deceive us out of it. He, he tries to make us not good receivers, get us in some false humility so you won't receive. But if we can't receive that abundance, we will not do the good work because that's the way God said it's going to happen. This is his plan. This is his diagram. This is, this is how it's going to come about. He said, I get you an abundance. You can go do every good work. That's how it works. An abundance in what? All grace abound to you, having all sufficiency in finances. Everything. Everything. If everybody in here made up one person and you were health and you were finances and you were glory and you were faith and you were anointing, right? You see what I'm saying? God would not just feel finances. God would feel every part of us in everything. And, and there wouldn't be just an abundance of finance. No, there would be abundance in every area of our life. Yeah. This is God's plan. Amen. He is such a good, good father. Amen. Amen. Do you receive today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, you know, being Father's Day, I just, uh, Nicole's actually getting ready to come and minister to you. I've been taking, I've been stealing her time. She's probably wondering if she's going to get to preach after I started. I'm handing it over. Amen. Now watch this. You know, growing up and even early into my adult life, I had a good father. And uh, I praise God for my father. And times seemed to be different. The majority of people, as I was growing up, it seems like, the majority of people had a pretty good father. One of the biggest hurts of my, my life as a pastor was when I got up trying to celebrate fathers and mothers, like on Mother's Day and Father's Day, and looking out into the congregation and seeing people who didn't have a good father and seeing people who had lost their mom and lost their, their dad maybe recently and and or fathers that may have lost a child. And I realized, you know, although I had it pretty well, other people didn't. And my job was not to minister just to the people that had it well, but to minister to the people that didn't as well. And on Father's Day and Mother's Day, it's always interesting because it's all, generally in a congregation, even this size, you're going to have emotions and feelings and thoughts all over the place. 
Now, one of the things the Lord told me to, and I want you to remember this this morning, and I said this earlier as well, a couple of things. Number one, no matter who we are, where we've come from, just like with our finances, whether we have a lot or we've had a little up to this point, God is not a respecter of persons, and he can turn everything around. And even if I had not had a, a good father, I have a father that's better than any other in, in, in our Lord, in Abba Father. And today in Romans chapter 13, and ver, I believe it's verse 7, it says this, Give honor to whom honor is due. And the Lord says this, honor is due to fathers, whether they're good or bad. Honor is due to mothers, whether they're good or bad. He said, honor your father and your mother. And if you do well, it's the first, first command with promise, you will live a long life. And so today as we're coming in, whether we've had good ones or bad ones, where we have a, a good memory or a bad memory, I, I, I encourage you to do this. Regardless of what our physical situation has been, our spiritual situation is we have a good father. And he is due our honor today. And so for his sake and for his command's sake, let's honor the fathers on the earth and let's honor him in heaven who's the best father ever. And then here's what I want you to see too. Even if you didn't have it so great, today you can, as your heavenly father longs to pour out every good thing on you. And he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. And a part of our walking uprightly is that today with our heart, we just turn our, turn our heart towards heaven and Lord, we honor you. And so let's just close our eyes for a second. Lord, we honor you. Father, Father, say it with me. Say, Father, Father. <laughs> we honor you today. We give honor to whom honor is due. And Lord, we honor the heavenly Father. The heavenly Father. We honor the earthly fathers. Lord, we give honor to whom honor is due. Thank you for the good ones. Lord, Thank you for us having one. Without them, we wouldn't be here. Lord, we honor them according to your word, regardless of our emotions. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You can come on. I had um, the Lord led me uh, to have Nicole do the message today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I've been actually wanting this for some years. And uh, so I'm honored to be able to hear it, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So I love you. Okay. you. I don't know if we were supposed to do that in front of anybody or not. <laughs> so I started laughing. So I looked at my clock, and at like 1045, Pastor took the second offering. <laughs> I was like, okay. Then there may or may not have been some wages being bet on what, what time the mic got passed. I may or may not have secretly hoped that the mic didn't get passed just so I could hold it over his head for years to come because that would have been fun. But God is good. And it's important, you know, even with this message, it's all about receiving. And so everything Pastor just ministered on 
ties into this perfectly because if we can't receive, we have nothing to give. As wives, as women, as children, if we can't receive from the men in our lives who have been called to be fathers, be it birth fathers or spiritual fathers, then we are missing something in our lives. And for men, if you can't receive from God your calling, then the world is missing something in their lives because you have a place. Whether you ever birth a child or not, you may are called to be a spiritual father. There are plenty of earthly ditties that have just jacked things all up. But I don't care where you came from today, be it the perfect father, a mediocre father, no father, whatever. If you're planted in Boomerang today, you have one of the best spiritual fathers I've ever known in my life and Pastor Brian. So you are not a fatherless child because you have God the Father and you have a spiritual father that will come hell or high water. He will serve God first and foremost. He will love you with the love of God and that's something to be praising God for. You know, so what I had today was just the message God put on my heart was blessings from honor. So again, it's receiving. You receive blessings from the honor that you give. And my question when I was, you know, when I was just praying, I was asking God, Lord, where are the Noahs? Where are the men who will save their family by standing boldly when the world around them mocks them for their stupidity, seemingly? Where are the Abrahams who were willing to give up everything for God to be glorified? And as a result, his whole family for generation after generation after generation is blessed because he was willing to give it all up. Where are the Isaacs, the Jacobs, the Davids? Where are the Joseph, the carpenters? We need these men. And truth be told, they're sitting here. Whether you're walking it or not, today is the day for you to step into being that man of God. It should not be that all the great dads are in here alone. It should be when I say, where are these men? Somebody should rise up and say, he's right here. He's sitting next to me. I call him Diddy. I call him husband. They're you. That's who these men are. And today we're going to honor those fathers, spiritual and birth. And in doing so, we're going to discuss two things. We're going to discuss our respect for them as wives and children. And then men, we're going to discuss your call from God himself. Because again... If you're a man, you're called. So don't check out because you don't have a kid. Don't check out because you may be young and unmarried. You were called to be a spiritual father. I know already, Buddy does not yet have a kid that has been birthed. But there are many children, many kids in this ministry that look to him, that glean from him. So plan to receive today from God. You know, I have shocking news for you in this message. The world has once again jacked things all up. (laughs) I know it's like, (gasps) they got it wrong, but they do. 
You see, the world teaches all about highlighting differences and diversity. They want to cover it up with the icing of your differences make you great. You are good enough as you are. And we're like, oh, that feels so warm and cozy. And it's all hogwash. <laughs> because see, <laughs> Ephesians 4 talks all about unity in Christ. I am great because I am an anointed woman of God. My husband is the best husband ever because he is the anointed man of God, ordained by God to be my man. You see, and the problem with this warm and cozy hogwash of crap that they teach is you out of that junk, you get stuff like feminism. Being a lady, I can talk about this myself. <laughs> you know, the whole power to the women. We can do anything you can do. And yet most of those that say that walk around looking like a man. Okay. I mean, it'd be one thing if you were walking around going, I can do anything a man can do. <laughs> but they don't. They're like, <clears throat> I can do anything a man can do. Okay. <laughs> then we get a bunch of people, and you don't know whether they're a man or a woman. We're just going to leave that right there. <laughs> and the problem is we have no mighty men. We need the mighty men of God. You know, where are the men that are willing to stand up and fight the Goliaths? David may have been small in stature, dismissed by the world, but yet he said, come on, bring it. I got what you need. Like, he was ready, rough and tough. A girl doesn't need to be doing that. It's not her call. Who's left to boldly lead the people out of bondage? I mean, let's get real. If you ask me to lead you out of bondage, I'm going to tell you, go down the road, find the blue truck, then go another, you know, one or two roads. I think the road starts with TH. Take a left there, then drive about a quarter of a mile, but I don't know, maybe three miles, and you're going to see a tree that's kind of funky, and it goes on the side. Turn right there. Like, that's how I'm going to lead you out of bondage. Because that's, you know, that's my directions. Pastor will be like, go 500 yards, veer to the left, 3.7 miles, you're going to turn right on this road. Stay there for 19 miles. You're going to get to a fork in the road, go right. Yeah, I'm not my husband. Who's left to do whatever it takes? What? Ever it takes to raise his son to be the man that God has called him to be like Joseph the carpenter. He didn't birth him. He didn't give life to Jesus. Yet he said, I'll do whatever it takes to raise up 
this boy. I will love him and raise him like my own. Where are these men? We need men. Not pansies. I mean, really. Never once. Guys, girls dream about getting married when they're like knee tie to a grasshopper. It's just innate. Never once did I go, oh, I want a sweet man. Mm, that would be so nice just to have a sweet man who will go, oh, honey, you're so nice looking. Like I never once wanted a man with a limp wrist. I wanted a man with a strong arm. I wanted a man who could carry me across the threshold. I wanted a man who would stand boldly for his wife. I wanted a man who, when push come to shove, he'd fight for me if need be and win. No girl ever dreams of a sweet man to stand by her side. That's not logical. It's not what happens. I want a man who will love me and my kids fiercely who is jealous for me, but I also want a man who can go out in the woods, hunt, kill a deer, skin the deer, grill the deer. That makes mama happy. (laughs) And I know even as I said that, there's some girl in here going, oh, that's just so mean. And I'm just going to say, read Genesis 9-3. By the way, if you don't know Genesis 9-3, it says, God gave you the food, eat it. He says, meat, eat it. Vegetarian diets, not of God. (laughs) That's not even in my notes. (laughs) That one's free of charge. We want men to be men. We need men men to rise up again why do you think this world is all jacked up as it is now because we've got everybody on an even playing field you don't know what they are man woman he she it I mean isn't that a thing now I'm gonna be a them well let's cast them demons out of you and you can go back to being a she Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) We need men who will be confident. Yet, give me a man who is humble enough to wield the word as his sword. You know, you can shoot, cuss, spit, smoke, drink, wield your sword of metal and be the biggest loser that can't win at anything in life. Which is why you got a bunch of rednecks and broken down houses with like broken down Fords on the side of the road and everything else. I didn't say Chevy. Just in case my brother is ever watching this. Ford is found on road dead is what I'm told. I can neither confirm nor deny this because it's not in the word of God. But you need men that will be an ambassador of love. 
be an ambassador of strength and be an ambassador of humility. We need men who will love like God loves, who will love his family enough to make some funky little bird stand on one leg called a flamingo because Joni likes them. Or this giant elephant that squirts water out of its nose because Abigail likes them. I mean, tell me that's not love. God's got some creativity all because he knew it would bless you. What a good father. Yet, you look at God and in all his majesty, he still longs to sit with us. He still longs to hold us on his lap the way pastor will hold Luke on his lap. And he will love him and hug him. He'll sit there and play video games, and then he'll get a hungry hand, and he'll go to Luke's knee with his hungry hand, and next thing you know, Luke's squealing and trying to get loose because he's got a ditty that will embrace him. You see, God says in 17.3, he wants to give us life and life in abundance, and life in abundance is to know God, to know him intimately. The girls know Pastor they know what he likes. They know what he doesn't like. They know that he gives a look, what that look means. And just a different change in eyebrows, that same look changes differently. But they know that because they have that intimate connection with him. They spend time with him, and that's what God wants. He wants men who will be present not hiding in the shadows. Churches should not be filled with more women than men. It should be the men bringing their wives and children to church. Yeah. Homes should not just be filled with wives teaching the kids all day. The men, yes, go out, bring home the bacon, whatever you've been called to do. But then at night, you need to be there pouring into your kids. What happened to supper around the dinner tables? We need to have that. And look, even if you sit on the couch, turn the TV off as you eat and talk to each other. Actually, look at your kids. You'll realize they're probably six inches taller than they were three and a half weeks ago. God wants us to be present, but yet strong enough to defend and teach. You see, in Mark 4, 37 through 41, he's talking about when the waves and the winds, like, scared the pants off the disciples. I mean, they've been walking with Jesus, and yet they're going, oh gosh, your knees are shaking. Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus is like, oh. Shut up, wind. Thank you. Y'all. I mean, that's what our parents, what our dads need to do. Defend the family, but then turn around and teach them. Why haven't you learned this? Remember what you can do with a little bit of faith. We need dads to teach the kids. When the attacks come, no one is looking for a gentle man to go up and say, can't we just get along? No, everybody is looking for Tiny. You know, Tiny. And usually everybody is like behind Tiny. Because when push comes to shove, everybody wants an alpha. 
I'm going to let you do that. I'll be back here in the shadows. No more spotlight for me. Have fun with that, Alpha. I mean, you see, we need men, bold men of God. However, while the world has jacked this up for now, wives, listen up. This is where you come in. Women, listen up, whether you're married or not. You have the power to bring back these men from the land of fruitcakes. You can deliver them from the bondage that they have been in. Right? Here's how you do it. Because whether you asked or not, I'm going to tell you. Proverbs 12:6 says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Now, I done talked to a lot of your husbands and fathers and, you know, brothers and stuff. I know you women got mouths that, like, don't stop a lot. <laughs> so what are you doing with those mouths? Are you killing them or are you delivering them? I've heard quite a few men go, this woman is going to be the death of me. And while he may just be exasperated, he's not far from the truth. Because we, can, we have killed men as they are called to be. But it's time that we deliver them with our words. It's time that we lift them up out of the bondage of political correctness and needing to fit in. My man is not called to fit in. My man is called to stand out. And because he stands out, people follow him because they want what he has. They want the blessings that he has. They want the Friday night prayer where we've got people getting healed. They want the Sundays when we don't even have to pick up a corona. We just get stuck to the floor drunk and then walk out like this. Because my man doesn't fit in. Because he says, I know the bars are open on Friday, but how we come here and pray, that's going to make the difference. You can drink your blues away until you wake up with cotton mouth and a pile of puke on the floor. You don't remember how you got there, who you slept with, or what you did. Or you can come and give those prayers on the altar and let me lead you how to truly get rid of them. You see, that's what we need our men doing. We need our men to tell the wives, woman, sit down, shut up. Really. Because a lot of times, we women tend to get in the emotion, just a little, not us women, not in this house. But you know, them other women. I want a man who, albeit when he told me to do this, when he, when he did this, I wanted to throw the phone across the yard. Not sure that I didn't. But I was ticked off. Justifiably ticked off, but not rightly ticked off. I had every reason under the sun to be ticked. People had done us wrong. I was tired of it. My redneck was coming out. I'm going to tell them what the for. I got some words for them. He says, you need to get over it. <laughs> I don't cuss anymore. But son, I got some words for you. 
You see, that was running through my head. I had to take them thoughts captive. I may have thrown them with the phone. But I needed that. I mean, that was 19, 20 years ago, and yet I still remember where I was standing in that moment because it marked me. Because what's the use of me being wrapped up in my emotions and I was going to go tell that person the what for that I had them for. But that would just get them and their emotions. And then we'd just be having an emotional battle. Oh, let me tell you. I got this for you. And we'd probably end up needing a chiropractor before it was over. <laughs> but instead, my husband said, mm-mm. That's not love. We don't tit for tat, wrong for wrong. You need to get over yourself. Get over the what did they do to you. And you need to ask God what would love do. Ooh. How are you going to fight when he brings in the word? <laughs> I mean, really? It's like, can't say that. And that one won't work either. <laughs> Our men are called to lead. But when they lead women, when they lead according to this, when they lead according to this, you follow. You see, my kids have watched I will love the mess out of my husband. I'll cook dinner and I'll find the best piece for him. I'll serve him first. I'll sit and I'll be sassy with him. But they'll also see me submit to him when I agree 100% and when I don't. Because, see, when he's leading me in that word, I will follow him. I'll be submitting my flesh the whole way maybe, but by the time we get to the finish line, we'll be walking across that finish line in love, hand in hand, in unity. No broken marriages, no broken kids, no broken bank. Together as one. Wives, you want your marriages to work? Submit to the man of God that you have. Now, not every woman has a man of God. Wives, get on your knees and pray. Deliver him through prayer. Ask God for his blessings to pour out upon this man. Anoint his clothes. If you are a spirit-filled believer, you know that word. You know the power that is in your hands and that is in this little lips that like to flap. So put him to work. Stop talking about what a blankety-blank son of a gun he is and start talking about the anointed man of God he's called to be. I thank you, Lord, that I have an anointed man of God. I thank you, Father. He leads boldly according to the word of God. I thank you, Father. My man and I are one. We look like Christ. We sound like Christ. We walk like Christ. We talk like Christ. We lead our kids like Christ. My kids love my husband. Submit to him. Run to the door when he gets home. Because they long to be picked up and loved by the Father the way our Father loves us. I thank you, Lord. Anytime the church doors are open, my husband's there. He's the biggest giver in time and finances. He's the biggest support for our pastor. He's an armor bearer because he walks in who he's called to be. 
He leads by example. Other men, the younger men, look up to my husband because they want to know how to be an anointed man of God. That's who I married, not the guy on the couch with the beer cans and the belly hanging out. I don't know who that is, but I know who he's called to be, and I see who he's called to be. I believe I will receive who he's called to be. I've received it now. You lay hands on him. You lay hands on his clothes. You anoint his food. Look, a little frankincense and myrrh in that spaghetti. It'll be just fine. You anoint him from the inside out. I'm not saying poisonous, poisonous stuff. But we need to love our men. We need to treat them with honor. You see, Jesus didn't look at us and see who we were when he died on the cross, he saw who we were called to be. He knew we were created in the image of God. He saw that image in us. That's what he died for. Women, that's what we live for. That's what we do. We look at those men and we see what Christ saw and we pray it into being and we literally love the hell right out of them. You love as Jesus loved because you didn't deserve it when he did it. You weren't worthy for for it when he did it. But yet he did it anyways. You love your men. You stand by their sides. You speak life into them. You speak hope into them. And don't you dare utter a word that is contrary to this to your kids, to your family, to anyone else. If it's not this word, it better not depart your lips. Don't you call your mama. Sometimes a girl just needs her mama. Sometimes you better hang up that phone. And if your mama says anything contrary to this, I love you, mama, but I got to go. It's not that I'm not honoring my mama. The word is clear. You honor your parents so it's well with you. But I will honor my mama best when I stand up for the word of God. So if you or anybody else is not speaking the word over your man, you better zip them lips, yours or theirs. The word says in Exodus 20, 12, regard, treat with honor, due diligence, and courtesy, your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God gives you. You see, yes, a daddy's supposed to have compassion for his family, but respect is commanded from us. He tells us in Psalms 103, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Honor them. So it will be well with you. It's not what I got to do what's best for me. Yes, you do. Honor them. Well, you just don't know what they are. I know who he is. And I know my God is bigger than any mess behind me. Honor so it will be well with you. Because here's the truth of the matter, wives, mamas, ladies. You really think a kid is going to honor what the woman doesn't? If I treat my man like a piece of garbage, if I treat my man like he's my first child, 
I mean, who's heard that before? Well, you know, I got three kids, and then I've got the one that I had before them. I married him 22 years ago. That makes me want to jack slap a woman. I know y'all ain't supposed to hit a woman, man, but I can. <laughs> I'm just telling you, a woman disrespecting her husband. Mm. Mm. But I'm going to love the hell right out of you, too. <laughs> Ephesians 6 says, Children, <laughs> obey your parents. <laughs> it says, Obey your parents in the Lord. This means if your ditty isn't present, you still have a spiritual father. Because it says, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Again and again and again. Why do you think he says it so many times? God wants you to receive blessings. And it comes through that honor. Children, you bring joy to your ditties when you're not dumb. This is Nicole's translation of Proverbs 23, 24, which says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise child will be glad in him. Don't be dumb, kids. You make your ditty happy. Women, it starts with you. Say this. Say, it starts with me. You've got to give the kids. You've got to give the younger women. That's biblical. The older women are to train up the younger women to teach them. It starts with you. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. If you want a godly man to lead your family, you lift him up as though he were a godly man. Whether he's acting it or not, you lift him up as though he is a godly man. Let these kids see their father as an anointed man of God. Worthy of honor, worthy of love, worthy of adoration. You know, I gave Pastor a card recently that said, you know, on the front, you're supposed to put, like, their name, you know, to Brian. But I'm like, to my crush, to my forever boyfriend. And a list of little ooey-gooey, lovey-dovey things. And the girls are like, <laughs> But yet, they're going to remember that when they become wives. You should always flirt with your husband. You should always long to see him. You should long to text him. Sweet little flirty text. Or sexy little wait till dessert text. Don't let the fire go out. And your infatuation with your spouse. Date each other for life. Love each other. Long for him. Long to be the best you can be. Long to look nice so that you can bless him. 
long to act nice so he doesn't need to run to a bar. Honor him. Proverbs 31 woman says, he's respected in the streets because of me. What are we telling the world about our man? Let's get real. What are we telling the world about ourselves if we're tearing our man down? Well, I mean, aren't you a peach to be just ripping your man a new one? And if he's so bad, aren't you an idiot for marrying him? So, I mean, really, you tear your man apart, you just make yourself look like a dumb butt. Either way, you cut it. But at the end of the day, my God put my husband as the, set, as the head of my home. And I can't submit to my God if I'm not submitted to my man. It starts with me. In my house, with my husband and my kids, it starts with me. He's the head of my home. All things flow down. But when it comes to honor for my husband, I lead the way. My kids adore their dad. They honor him and love him and respect him. Let that be your testimony. Now, Diddy's, now it's your time. Fellas, all y'all. Here's some statistics on the power that you have. The presence of a father. The children are five times less likely to commit suicide. 32 times less likely to run away. 20 times less likely to have behavior disorders. 14 times less likely to commit rape. Nine times less likely to drop out of school. 10 times less likely to abuse chemical substances, and nine times less likely to end up in a state-operated institution merely because they have a father in the home. Now, let's add in the God factor. What happens if that father is a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled believer, anointed man of God? who is allowed to be the head of the home by his wife. Imagine then what these statistics do. They skyrocket. You see, your kids are blessed, fellas, when you walk in your God-given call. Your kids are protected when you walk in who you're called to be. They are happier. They are more successful they become who they're called to be when you lead by being who you're called to be. You see, they need the bacon that you bring home, but they need you. They need your time. They need your presence. They need your love and your encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 2.11 says, Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you, as a father would his own children. They could have used any example, but they used the father. You see, it's the father that exhorts, encourages, and implores. And fellas, you're blessed to be a dad. 
Even the spiritual fathers, you are blessed to be a spiritual dad. Psalms 127 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So were the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. Those kids help you to be the warrior you're called to be. You know, I can tell you I'm a great marksman, but without a gun to shoot, I mean, really, marksman of what? Right? You're called to be a warrior. Those kids are your weapons. You see, God's given you a blessing and a weapon for his kingdom. It's you as you direct them and point them in the way to, they go. And this is a big reason why you, need, you men need. Women do too, but men, you need to have an intimate connection with the Father. Because do you realize that with him, you are those kids. You are the arrows in the Father's hand. That's you. So as you have that intimate connection with the Father, when he points you and he leads you in this way so he can shoot you and send you out, you hear him and obey. You need that intimacy so you know the voice of the Father and you obey it quickly because he has a call and a purpose for your life. Because you are a weapon for God. He's going to direct you to train up the children. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We all know the world is constantly pulling the kids this way while God's leading them to walk the straight and narrow. You have got to teach them what this word says. So when the enemy comes, they know the truth like the banker with the money. They don't study all the, fight, all the fake bills because there's constantly something new coming up. You're never going to know all the imposters. But when you know the real thing, frontwards, backwards, sideways, when you know the weight of it, you know, you think about a, a soldier. He knows his gun. Like pastors got a chant that the Marines had to do. Their gun is their friend. They know it. Frontwards, backwards, sideways, upside down, in the water, on the land. If they pick it up, they can tell the weight of it. I've got a bullet missing because they know it so intimately. If it's not theirs, it stands out. Do we know the Father that intimately? Do we teach our kids to know his word that intimately that when the enemy comes and says, surely you shall not die, they can stand up and say, let me tell you what the word really says. I know you gave me a little bit of truth, but there was a whole lot of mess in there. Let me tell you the full truth. Do our kids know the word that intimately? Dads, that's your job. 
Your job to sit around the dinner table and have a devotion. Your job to let the kids walk in and find you on your knees in prayer. Your job to lead them to the church where they're planted, where they're submitted to a pastor, even when the pastor ticks them off and preaches something against their flesh. That's your job to lead them in the way that God has called them to go. Yeah. You see, too many times I watch as men are like, well, if I don't provide, who will? The wife teaches. I keep them sheltered. I keep them clothed. I keep food in their bellies. They'll go hungry and naked if you keep that mentality. Because you're not the source. But if you don't teach them who the source is, they'll end up broke, busted, and disgusted because you won't be there their whole lives. Then they go out in the world and they try to do it your way and they're going to fall flat on their face. You see, you're not just the financial funder for Pop-Tarts and Nintendo games. They need you. They want you. Luke, anybody that knows Luke, like Luke loves to eat. He loves food almost as much as Marky. It's true. Yet, that boy will give up food in a heartbeat if Diddy's home and will play with him. Like, whoa, this is serious. Because he longs for his Diddy. He longs for that time with him. He longs to play with him. He wants a ditty, not a financial backer. He needs a ditty. But he also needs a ditty that's going to teach him how to be set up for success. A ditty that will teach him Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Meaning, I understand there's going to be a lot that's going to go on in here. But if what goes on in here doesn't line up with what's in here, then you better just trust in the Lord and throw out here every time. Because our flesh will lead us to destruction. But God's word is constantly leading us to one victory parade after another. Teach them to humble themselves. Stop walking by logic. Stop walking by, well, I know what I've seen. Well, I've been here a long time. Experience has taught me one thing. You can take your experience down the highway. Because it's, gonna, I mean, it's not going to get you very far. At some point, you're going to run out of gas. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just on Sunday. All seven days of the week. Acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be. That's like an affirmative. It will be healing to your body, refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce. Then 
your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, you teach them to humble themselves and submit to God, you'll find that your kid is the most successful in their class. They may not have been voted anything because maybe they were quiet. But you teach them to honor the Lord, they're going to come back to that 20-year reunion. They'll be like, dang, I didn't even know you existed. Then you open the door for them to teach some people about Christ. You're setting them up for success when you live Proverbs 3. When you teach them, honor is what begots blessing. Not the bank. Not the initials behind your name. Not the family you hail from. But the God that created you. I like this verse. Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord there is a strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. But I like what it says in the message. It says, The fear of God builds up confidence and makes a world safe for your children. You see, anyone who knows me, and maybe you don't know me, but maybe you've been here for today, you've probably figured out by now, I'm not a city girl. I like country ways. I like sweet tea and guns, bows and arrows, over lace any day. I married a marine, not a pansy. I'm fascinated by MMA. I'm not your girly girl. Yet, I'm also not your worldly mama that says, I got to wrap them up in bubble wrap so nothing ever happens to my sweet little baby. Because then I'm going to kill my sweet little baby. You see, it's the fear of God that builds up confidence and makes the world safe for your children. Dads, you teaching them true confidence you teaching them true strength through this word, through a reverential respect for God, that'll keep your kids safe. You see, all hell can be breaking loose in the world. Markets crashing, streets rioting. My kids will be safe because they have a reverential respect for the Lord God Almighty, for his ways. And they walk according to those ways because it's the only thing they know how to do. My kids will thrive because their dad has taught them the way that they need to go. He has taught them what a true confidence and strength looks like. But men, don't be buttheads. You can be tough without being a rough jerk. It doesn't accomplish anything to be rough and to be a jerk to your kids. Well, I'm teaching them to be tough. No, you're just breaking them. Ephesians 6 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Then he repeats it. Colossians 3, Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't lose heart. Here's a good marker. When you come home from work, do your kids run to greet you and tell you about their day? 
Or are they upset that you're there? Oh, dad's here. Are they fearful of you walking in the door? How do your kids act when you walk in? They need to run to you the same way we need to run to the Father. They need to run to you wanting to be picked up and loved, wanting to tell you about their day. You see, they need discipline. That's not what this is talking about. It says, don't provoke your children to anger. My kids have been disciplined. They don't get angry because they got disciplined. They may be disappointed. They may be sad they got caught. Irritated that they got to change some ways. But they're not angry. We don't exasperate our kids because any time we discipline them, we explain to them why it's the ways of God. We explain to them the love behind the discipline. And they understand, well, I don't necessarily like being grounded for a week, but I put myself here. Yeah. We teach them cause and effect. We don't just yell at them and berate them and what a fool you are. What an idiot. I don't know why you do this. What kind of kid does this? That's not love. That's exasperating them. That's causing them to lose heart and make them feel like they can never be anything. A dad should lift them up. Son, I know you did wrong. I am not happy with what you did. And there will be consequences to your actions. But understand, I love you. I want the best for you. Here's what the word of God says on this situation. Here's what you could have done. Guide them. Tell them, in this situation, here's what you should have done. I love you. That'll never change. But you're going to be grounded for a week because I love you. That's a loving father. They should see Diddy as a tangible example of their heavenly father who not only teaches them obedience, but who also teaches them that you as their dad Desire them, desire what's best for them, and long to love them. You see, their obedience will come when they are intimately connected to their father. I think about my parents. They didn't have it all right, but I would move heaven and earth to see my parents happy because I know no matter what they got wrong, they always loved me. They always did what they thought was best for me. And so I lived to please them. It wasn't the right thing to live for at the time, but I wasn't saved. But even in the world, I had that right. I had it right that as they loved me, I wanted to do well for them. It's the same way with our intimacy with the Father. The more I know my heavenly Father, the more I long to please him the more I long to bless him. One of my biggest dreams, probably my biggest dream, I want to win souls, make disciples for Jesus. I want to teach the world about Jesus because when it comes time for me to go see my ditty, I want to hear, well done, baby girl. I'm going to hear, well done. You did good. That's what your kids want to hear. And the more they know you as a loving ditty, the more they'll long 
to bless their ditty. They need to know, right or wrong, you are always there. Because remember this about yourself. You were created in the image of the Father. You were created in the image of that God who is love. And he didn't leave anything out when he created you to be a dad or a spiritual dad. You're not missing anything. You have everything because you were created in the image of the Father. And as I was thinking about this, I got tickled. Sometimes we're like a Star Destroyer Lego set. It's got a gazillion pieces, bona fide. Teeny tiny pieces, big pieces, all over the place pieces. You're going to have to read the Lego manual on how to build this Star Destroyer. You're going to have to read the manual on how to build an anointed child of God and be an anointed father. And you know, sometimes with your gazillion piece star destroyer, it will sit on your wife's dining room table for six months. Because sometimes things take time. Eventually, this star destroyer will get off your wife's dining room table and be go out, be able to go out and do what it was called to do, sit in your office. It's true. I mean, not speaking from experience or anything. <laughs> because, see, if you just, I mean, literally, how many pieces? I think have like 8,000, 7,000, 5,000, I don't know. It was a whole lot of pieces, thousands of pieces. It was a thousand air piece. Okay, over three. There is a whole lot of pieces to that. Can you imagine how whoppy jawed and janky that thing would have come out had he pastor brian master of seemingly everything except for baby shower games <laughs> and all his seemings to win at everything he still needed the manual because that thing would have come out just whoppy jawed had he not used it there's too much to it it's too complex you know, we can know principles, but God is so complex. He is so big. He is so good. His love is beyond anything you could imagine. He can do anything above, beyond what you could ask or hope or think. This is my ditty. I'm not going to know him by just some worldly principles I'm not going to know him just by a once-a-week message. I need to talk to him. I need to know his word. I need to get in the manual. And that decision for you guys starts today. That decision for you women starts today. To be the vessel of honor that you are called to be. You see, your decision to be all in with God will be the way maker for your family. When all other families are struggling, a man of God will be found in rest. 
because Proverbs 27 says, the righteous man walks in his integrity. Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable are his children after him. Is that the testimony of your children? Happy, fortunate, enviable because of you, dads? Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. These words, which I'm commanding you today, shall be on your heart, and you, ditties, shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk of them when you sit in your house. You should walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up, it should be who you are. When somebody asks who their diddy is, the first thing out of their lips, he's a man of God. Joshua 24 says, If it's disagreeable in the sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Diddies, you determine the way of your house. You determine how things go for your family. When you say, the world can serve whoever they want. They can do whatever they want. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. It's church day. Me and my house, yeah. we're in his house. He told us to win souls. Me and my house... We're winning souls. He says to tithe, me and my house, we're tithing. He says to love me with everything you have, me and my house, we're loving big. Because me and my house are walking in the full manifestation of our salvation. You're going to serve something. And you're making that decision right now at whatever time it is on whatever day it is. You're making that decision now. Because if your decision is, well, I just need to think about it, you're making a decision. If your decision is, well, I'll serve him up to this, you're making a decision. Because either you're all in with God, honoring him so that you can walk in blessings and your children and their children and their children, or you're not. You're either in or you're not. You're serving him or you're not. You're leading your kids to blessings or you're not. And that's your decision. Nobody can make that decision but you. But I invite you to make it today because you are that godly father. It's who you were created to be. And it's time, men, that you rise up. Your family needs you. This world needs you, and God needs you. You see, he could do it without you, but he chose not to. He chose you to be a dad, a spiritual dad, an anointed man of God, saved, delivered, set free, blessed, holy, and anointed. He chose you to be that because he wanted you and he wants to walk with you he wants to bless you 
God could do it all without you, but he doesn't want to. He longs for you to be who you're called to be. Bow your heads today. You see, right now it's a time of decision. Women, we can be the anointed women of God we're called to be. Our men could be known and respected in the streets because of us. We could be a helpmeet, an Ezra Connecto, as God created us to be, coming up alongside our men. Children, we could be blessed. We could have a long life because we choose to honor the parents that God has blessed us with. Even if they're not yet walking in who they're called to be, we can have long life as we honor them. And men, you can lead your family in the way they should go. The testimony could be, I'm blessed because I had a ditty who showed me the way. Is that the decision you'll make today? You see, it doesn't matter who you were, what you came from, who you have or don't have. Each and every one of you have a God that longs to be your heavenly father, that longs to make all things new, that longs to pour his love into you so there's nothing missing, nothing broken. And if you need that heavenly father today, I invite you to make him your Lord and Savior. And maybe he's already been your Savior. But maybe you've just not been all in. You've gone up to where it was comfortable, but you just couldn't push past. And today you're saying, Lord, I want to have blessings because I choose to honor you. I want to be all in with you so my family can be blessed. If either one of those are you today, I invite you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Lord, I long to go all in with you today, more than ever before. I submit to you as my heavenly father. I long to know you as a child knows their ditty. I long to receive that love from you today. Lord, I've not let you love me the way you've wanted to love me, but Lord, today, here I am, all of me. I allow you to love me, Lord. And Lord, I love you. Father, I thank you for those who have raised their hands. Lord, I thank you that you were rejoicing. You're not upset because they weren't all in up to today. Lord, you are rejoicing because today they choose to receive your love. Today, Lord, they long to receive from you as the father that you've wanted to be in their lives. Lord, I pray that your love would surround them. Lord, cover them in your love in a way they've never known before. From the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord. I pray as they walk through these coming days and weeks and months, Lord, I thank you that they feel your presence. 
that they know you are always there, never leaving nor forsaking them, but always there for them because you love them as their ditty. Father, I thank you that you are empowering every man hearing this message to be the anointed warrior of God, leading others in the way they've been called to do. Being a good earthly dad and a good spiritual dad. Lord, I thank you that you have equipped them, created them in your own image. They have everything they'll ever need. Lord, I pray that their eyes would be enlightened to who they are in you, to what they have in you. And Father, I thank you that as they grow in that intimate fellowship with you, they know you and they know who they are in you. Lord, I thank you for the women today. No longer do we fit in with the women of this world because we are women of honor. We uphold our men by speaking truth over them, your truth, not worldly facts, but we speak your truth over the men in our lives today, over the boys that we're raising up, Lord. We are blessed because of the honor that we bestow upon the men in our lives. And I thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this Father's Day. Thank you, Lord, most of all, that you didn't long just to be our God. You longed to be our Father. Lord, today we honor you. We bless you. We glorify you as we live for you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just have this coming to me. If there's anybody, if you need something, if you need us to lay hands on you, for a sickness, come, let us do that. If you committed and you want us to pray over you, come and do that. But it's come up to me, if you want to step, I'm talking mainly to the men right now, women for the other two. But men, if you want to step into a next level of who you're called to be, let your spiritual dad impart into you today. If anybody wants to come up, and step into a next level. Lord, I want to go higher with you. I want to be the man you've called me to be. I want to love the way you've loved. I want to live the way you've called me to live. I want to be who you've called me to be. And Lord, I want my spiritual ditty to impart your love, your blessings into me. Now's the time to do that. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be the fathers that you've called us to be. Lord, we want to walk that out. We don't want to be held back. We want our children to have the testimony that my dad led me to you. My dad showed me a picture of who you are, Father. Lord, we thank you that we're moving to a new place in you. 
Lord, our job is to change culture, to be the light, to push back darkness. Father, let us shine in you and in your glory. Lord, thank you for that goodness and that mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Just receive that right now, whether you're standing up here or not, men and women alike. Lord, just lift your hands. Lord, we receive everything that you are leading us to, to be the people that you've called us to be. And I'll, I'll extend that if you, not just the dads, but if you're sitting there as a mom and saying, you know what, even if you're a mom, grandma, or you're, you're still single, even if you're, you're not there to marriage yet, but if you're saying, Lord, I want to go to another level. Lord, I want to live like you. I want to be your example. I want to lead people into your lifestyle. Lord, I want to lead people to you. I want to shine your glory. If that's you, I invite you to come up, men and women. But right now to the men, Lord, I just declare and I decree, I charge these men, be who God called you to be. Don't hold back. Don't be ashamed of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of him, but stand for him in honor. Stand for him in honor. Stand for him in honor. It doesn't mean you have to be hard to get along with with everybody. It doesn't mean you have to be harsh, but you will take a stand for him. If you receive that, say amen. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your anointing in Jesus' name. Lord, let them go to another level. Father, thank you right now. They won't be held back. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing as fathers and spiritual fathers, as men of God that will draw people to you by the life that they live. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, Thank you, Lord. Yeah, anointed, anointed, Lord, as a dad and as a father in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. He'll make you able. He'll make you adequate. He'll make you worthy. It's not within ourselves. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Let it come on Him. Thank you. As I stepped in front of you, I just heard the Lord say, another level, another level of, of His leadership. You make sure that every ounce of your life is given to Him, and He'll make you good. <laughs> Glory to God. He'll make you good. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for wisdom, patience, goodness, self-control. All the fruit of the Spirit overflow in His life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let your anointing flow all over. Let your anointing flow all over these men. Thank you, Father. Again, I'll ask ladies if you would like that as well. Not for the men's blessing, but a women's blessing in Jesus' name. I want to go to another level in Him. You're welcome to come up. Ho, come up now. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Your anointing. Yeah, a new wisdom, Lord. 
wisdom like he's never even seen it before. Things that he's asked as a father before. Now he'll see things and it'll be so clear. Oh God, why didn't I see that before? It's the anointing that breaks the yoke and brings wisdom. The uh, wisdom of God is in the anointing of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, mysteries. Mysteries that only you know. Let them be revealed and poured out. Thank you, Father. Lord, let them be poured out. Thank you, Father. Lord, new levels and anointing to be who you've called her to be. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, anointing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Power. Lord, it's not by our power and not by our might, but yours, your riches in heaven. Lord, let it pour out now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, for pouring out your riches, your glory in Jesus' name. Lord, wisdom and honor and power and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To be the mom, to be the wife. Lord, to be the mom, to be the wife, to be the lady of God in the name of Jesus. An anointing to break every yoke and break her free to go higher than she's ever been before in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Just receive. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let them work. Let them fix. Lord, I yield to you. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I yield to you. I yield my life, my thoughts, my words to you. Yeah, amen. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, an anointing to be who you've called them to be. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. He's drawing you to holiness. He's drawing you to a place where there's not error, where there's not slips. He's drawing you to a place. He's putting it on your heart. Is that right? Putting it on your heart that you're not tripping over old stuff that you used to trip over. He's, he's drawing your heart to it. And it's time, and I'm telling you that, to empower you. Because if he's telling me that he's telling you that, he's giving you the strength to step into it. So you can say yes to him, no to the world, and watch how the anointing will flow. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing and your power to do it. In Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. He's making you a holy, a holy man of God, a righteous man of God. He, he is con transforming you into somebody who has looked at and said, look at his holy life. It wasn't who you were before. It wasn't who you've been. But yet he's transforming you now like never before in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your glory and your might. Thank you, Lord, for moving to new places. Thank you, Lord, for working things out. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For new levels, amen. Just start receiving now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive every level you have for me. From this day forward, I yield my life to be a great mom and wife. <laughs> Glory. I don't normally rhyme, but it did come out that way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. He's taking you up today. When you came forward today, something happened. Something happened in it. You and you were obedient to step out. There's something. Say, Lord, I received that. Thank you, Lord. This is an important day for you. Important day in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. It's an important day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. We give you the glory. Let's just pray this right now. Just say, Jesus, everyone in here, Jesus, today we yield our lives to you. You are worth our time. You are worth the effort. You are worth living for. Father, we praise you today. We worship you with our lives and we give ourselves to you as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Lord, let our lives be a testimony of your goodness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Overflowing with your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just ask that you bless every father, every mother, every future father and every future mother. Lord, every spiritual father and spiritual mother, Lord. Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Overflow them. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. Thank you. Let's just thank them for a second as we wrap up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to you. We're going to tell online uh, bye. And uh, so we love you. Have a great day. And uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, we praise God. Y'all let me know when we're done. And we're going to do some giveaways now. And uh, don't forget to get a picture at the photo booth. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I don't know how we'll have those pictures. I guess they'll be on Facebook. But they will be. Amen. So whatever pictures are taken, you'll be able.